so much, George. Um, for, uh, welcome. I, I see some guests. We just say welcome. Really glad to see you here. Uh, you're, you're walking into uh, a construction zone, <laughs> basically. That is what, what the Lord is doing in our lives, you know, hearts, our homes, and our church in these days. Um, I, would, I guess you would say that we're in a building season. And, and I know after doing this for more than 20 years, uh, 25 years actually, um, we've done lots of, we've had lots of building seasons. And they always start, I mean, this is why the Bible says, don't despise the days of small things. <laughs> because small things grow into big things as the Lord enables them to grow. So we've, we've been through that lots of times. We've built and rebuilt things. They're actually wonderful seasons of time in the life of the church to be able to have vision and to build things. And we believe in these days, this is building season, that the Lord has given us vision and a blueprint for um, uh, something that he wants us to build. And uh, he's also, you know, he, he, how, what to build and how to build it. And we're believing basically three things. Uh, as we've prayed and talked and everything, we believe that the Lord is emphasizing some things to us in these days. First, he's emphasizing the value of small groups. The value of small groups. It's important to him. Uh, he's emphasizing the value of big groups too, the, the idea of all getting together and doing something. So he's emphasizing the value of us getting together in homes and doing something and us getting together all in the building and doing something. Uh, and the third thing is the value of corporate prayer, the value of getting together to pray. So the value of small groups, the value of big groups, being, some, being part of something bigger than ourselves, and the value of corporate prayer. So we've been working, we've been adjusting things practically to kind of try to come in line with what we feel the potter is doing as he's adjusting this particular pot. You know, it looked pretty nice before, but I think what the Lord's got for us, whatever it is, it's, it's designed for fruitfulness. So he's got us working practically to try to honor these things that we feel that he's been emphasizing to us, things he values. So we've got things so that we're, you know, on some Sundays in a month we're meeting in homes and on, uh, we're fellowshipping and praying and, and uh, worshiping and studying the word of God. And then on other Sundays, we're here in the building and all together and we're, we're here to pray together like today or here to celebrate together or here to have communion together and to learn from the Bible. So just to kind of give, do a little vision cast for this half hour of prayer that we have in mind after this. When people are called by God to build something, how do the builders build? That's, that's an important question for us in our individual lives and in our households and, and in our church as well. How, when, when the Lord calls people to build something, how do the builders build? I mean, we can look to the Word of God and we can find all kinds of great examples of people who were called by God to build something. That's all kinds of builders in the Bible. I mean, Noah, <laughs> he was a builder and uh, God called him to build something and he built it. 
uh, there's, there's David, uh, all that David built, the, the kingdom that he built with, with him as king, and he sort of laid down the groundwork for the temple and then passed it along to his son Solomon, who was a builder, and, and he built the temple of God in Jerusalem. Um, uh, there's all kinds of builders. Today, we're going to look at Nehemiah a little bit. Nehemiah was a man who was called by God to build something. And he was given a blueprint, vision and a blueprint. And so we're going to be looking particularly at Nehemiah chapter 3, first of all. Um, so while you're kind of getting there, I'll give you a little bit of, uh, um, a l- a little bit of background. We could say that Nehemiah was a repairer of broken walls because uh, that's exactly what he did. Uh, Near the end of Israel's time of exile in uh, in Babylon, that was about the mid-400s B.C., God gave Nehemiah vision and a blueprint to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, which were severely damaged as you may remember or recall, uh, that uh, during Nebuchadnezzar's invasion of Jerusalem, uh, the walls were uh, just uh, rubble. I've heard the word rubble, actually, a couple of times today. The walls were rubble, uh, just a heap of stones and dust, and the wooden parts were all burned out. Anyways, uh, Nehemiah and a team of people came to Jerusalem. Oh, I mean, you can read all about it in the book of Nehemiah. Uh, it's, it's a great book to read if you've never read it before. Uh, and it, it details the miraculous chain of events that allowed Nehemiah and a team of people to go to Jerusalem, survey the damage, and then begin to build the walls. And they actually managed it, you know, spoiler alert, 52 days. They managed to get that thing done in 52 days. Um, and that was a miracle as well. So, When they started, they focused on the gates, actually, because the gates, they were real important parts of the wall. There was the gates and then the connecting walls. There was a, um, these gates were burned out. They were made of wood, the doors and everything, so the gates were in in a heap. Um, And I'm going to start at Nehemiah chapter 3, and... um, just very quickly, this is, uh, the whole chapter is about them rebuilding these gates. And, and it's sort of a list of all the people who helped do the work. And in, in chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, we have the priests and their household. And they all pitched in and they worked together to build the sheep gate. And then I'm going to pick it up in verse 3 and read verses 3 to 5. Verse 3. The sons of Hassanah. Hasanaah built the fish gate. They laid its beams and set its doors, its bolts and its bars. And next to them, Merimoth, son of Uriah, son of Hakoz, repaired. And next to them, Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, son of Meshezebel, repaired. Next to them, Zadok, the son of Baana, repaired. And next to them, the Tekoites repaired but their nobles would not stoop to serve their Lord. Ooh, just this little little shot at the end. Uh, I'm sure that these nobles from the Tekoites would have liked to get that back somehow <laughs> because they ended up uh, listed 
in the word of God, which has gone through all these generations and everything, as the people who wouldn't help these particular nobles. I guess they thought, ah, well, uh, it's, that's not my job, or my hands aren't made for this, or the other people should be doing this work. Well, I've got to tell you that when you go through all of chapter 3, you come to a conclusion, <laughs> and that is when God's people are called by the Lord to build something for them, how do the builders build? They build all together. They chip in. They pitch in. Everybody is needed in some fashion. Not because there's some, you know, the guy with the blueprints is saying, yeah, I need you for this and I need you for that. It's actually the Lord who does that. The Lord says, I'm, I've got a group of people building something. Everybody is needed. And chapter 3, Nehemiah chapter 3, I just read you a couple of verses. So many people involved. So many people needed. So when God's people build something that God calls them to do, they build all together. Now, Nehemiah and all the people, by the way, if you're taking notes, that's point one, that when God's people have something to do that God gives them, it, they're all in. It's, we build together. That's how the builders build. Nehemiah and all the people, they pitched in and they rebuilt ten gates, actually, in this fashion. Those gates, they started out as heaps of rubble and charred wood. And by the time they were done, those gates were beautiful, they were useful, and they were strong. Amen? It didn't start that way. But after God and, and the people cooperating were done, that's what they ended up with. Now here at West End Christian Community, we're building. We're in building season. And in some ways, if you want to think of it in the same kind of image, we're, we're building burned out gates. We're rebuilding gates. And uh, we haven't got ten here in the sanctuary, actually. If you look around, you might be able to find five gates uh, there's a gate back there, the children's gate, the prayer gate, the church house gate, the celebration gate, and the giving gate. And I just want to take a few minutes and take you through the construction here. So we're gonna, I'm going to just talk a little bit about, about each of these gates. So let's, let's take a look at the church house gate first. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> thanks, Jake, yeah, um, thank you, brother, the church house gate, uh, this is a real important gate, actually, it, we're rebuilding this gate, we had this gate before, uh, it was called house groups, and we had them at, um, kind of midweek in the evenings, and, uh, uh, this one is interesting, because before, we would get maybe about a little less than half the church, kind of involved in this and, and experiencing the benefits of meeting in small groups. And, well, when the Lord's been talking to us lately, we decided we need to make this gate bigger. Instead of a 50% gate, it's a 100% gate. And that, so we ended up, God thinks it's important. We think meeting on Sunday is important. So we're going to take some Sundays and we're going to meet in our church houses. Uh, that means that this gate goes from about half the church participating in that to pretty well everybody having some part in 
the benefits that go with church houses. Now, church houses, this is where people are meeting in homes. There's some incredible stuff happening in there. We're in the days of small things, remember. We we haven't really done this in this way before, so it requires some patience, and, and it requires grace. Those are nice words, aren't they? Grace and patience. And that's what this requires, because these are days of small things. We got, you know... Once we get this up and running even more, I mean, we've been doing this for about two years, but remember, it was COVID years. So, we're, I mean, we're living on Zoom doing church houses. So uh, now we're out of that for about six months. So all those hindrances are gone, and now we can really begin the work that God has us doing here. Oh, it's, there, there's an incredible potential for activation in church houses. You've got people leading. You've got people leading worship. You, you, everybody's required, all hands on deck. We've got a, a kind of Bible study that's interactive because you've got the kind of numbers where you can talk about things. and It's beautiful, actually. Um, uh, it, when we're all done with this, it's going to be beautiful and useful and strong. Uh, there's lots of strength already that we're seeing, but um, yeah, I there, there's lots to, lots to believe in here in terms of, or, or lots to get excited about when we're talking about what the Lord is doing. The level of care in the church houses, it's better than you could ever get just meeting in the building every Sunday. So there's this incredible level of care, praying for one another. The, the opportunity to move in the gifts of the Spirit in a way that maybe in the bigger gathering, you know, some people wouldn't want to do that, but there's the ability to do that in a safe place, in, in a home atmosphere, a, a family atmosphere. Um, there's, there's the idea of outreach into our communities. There's the reach of church houses is much greater, much further than just trying to gather people in the building. Gathering people in the building is really good. We'll get to that gate. But there's so much great potential here. And we're looking forward to what, you know, what the Lord's going to end up building there. So that's the church house gate. Well, well here's the celebration gate over here. Uh, that's where the Lord has said, you know, church houses are really good, but you've got to make sure that you're part of something bigger than yourselves. You've got to make sure that you're celebrating together, you're getting together. It's hard work to be out there. You want to come in like the harvest. You want to come in and all together and celebrate together. And, the, you know, the Lord wants us to really get working on worship, get working on the Word of God, get working on um, uh, uh, joy and celebration. Um, and prayer as well to get, to get together to pray. We're going to get to the prayer gate in a minute. So, uh, you know, right now, uh, we're, we're getting back to this. You know, COVID has done a number on, on us, it seems. It's made us, it's reduced our capacity. It's reduced our, our ability and desire to be connected and to get together with others. It seems we have the desire for connection. The Lord made that, but almost the inability to do it. We're out of practice even but the lord is helping us build this and in time it will be beautiful and useful and strong um well let's go to the prayer gate over here excuse me uh prayer gate 
The Lord told us corporate prayer is really important. We, we, again, we're rebuilding this gate. We're not inventing it. We're rebuilding it. We had a prayer time because we know the Lord says corporate prayer is important. We put it on a weeknight in the evening and 10% of the church showed up to it on a regular basis. But we feel like God actually wants to emphasize this, wants us to, to, to pray more. So, well, we put that on Sunday because that's, it seems like that's when God's people have made time. They're able to come or whatever. So there, we're going to put that on a Sunday, like today. And so we've got a, a, a prayer gate developing where we've got Sundays like this where we make sure we pray all together. Praise the Lord. This is just new. Ooh, the paint. <laughs> the paint is still wet. Uh, it, it, uh, it's just new, but in time, this will be beautiful and useful and it will be strong for the glory of God. Now let's take a look at another gate here. Oh, the children's gate back over here. The children's gate, again, we're rebuilding this gate. In fact, most churches are trying to rebuild this gate right now. After COVID was over and everybody's coming back to church, it seems like there's just a reluctance for people to give of themselves. And that's being broken, praise the Lord. We just heard from Jen that we've got enough teachers now and helpers to have two classes for the kids. You know what? Six more teachers and we've got three classes. So the, we're in building stage right now. This gate is, well, this gate is, it's got a new feature to it. And the new feature is that what Jen is, uh, our, our children's ministry coordinator, what she's doing is she's got themes that run right through these Sundays all the way through to the church houses as well and then right into the homes. Uh, materials and support and all kinds of things to help, to help parents come into this idea that they're the, they're the first teachers of the children in spiritual things, in kingdom things, and then in the church houses and then up into these all-wet gatherings, so the children's gate, that's going to be beautiful and useful and strong. And now uh, the giving gate over here, again, it's another one that churches are really having challenges with uh, as COVID has come out. You know, a lot of churches are finding that they're, 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 the giving just isn't there, and they're struggling and, uh, you know, just talking with other leaders and stuff. This well, this one has got a practical side to it. We're sitting in a building and there's electricity in the building and, you know, we need to pay all those bills and et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, well, and, and George and, and I that puts food on our table and, uh, you know, all of that. There's all these practical things that go with giving. Um, it's not just some big machine that wants a bunch of money. <laughs> these are like actual, it's just actual people and it's actually a building and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and supporting missionaries. You know, we, we have a whole group of missionaries that rely on the giving that come into this house so that we can give it uh, out in the various areas that missions go. So um, this giving gate, we're, it, it's, it's coming along. We're, we're a little bit behind, as you've probably, <laughs> probably heard in the e-bulletins and things, but we're trusting the Lord. Uh, there's another aspect to this. It's not just about money to support the stuff. It's about changing something in our hearts. A church that has a giving culture or a giving mentality is a church that they, they understand something. Jesus said it. Give! 
What does he say next? And it'll be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together. The ideas of like grain and, and, and like, you know, you're, you're kind of gathering it in. Pressed down, shaken together so that there's lots, that it can be lots there running over into your lap. And then Jesus says, you know what? The measure that you use to give, that's the measure God uses to give back to you. So you use a thimble, God gives you a thimble. Um, so if we want to grow in this grace, then, uh, yeah, this gate, this is going to be beautiful and useful and strong. And we're, we're working on that one. Uh, is that five? Yeah, okay. So here I am running back now. Okay, just to finish it up. Um, Back to Nehemiah. This was no easy task for Nehemiah and the return to exiles. There wasn't a lot of them, and there was a lot of work to do. They were stretched. And to make matters worse, there was stiff opposition from the neighbors. Sanballat the Horonite, and Tobiah the Ammonite, and the Ashdodites. So they worked in an atmosphere of opposition, vulnerable to attack. What did they do? Nehemiah 4.9 and we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them day and night. And then Nehemiah 4, 16 and 17. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spear, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah who were building on the wall. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work Ugh with one hand and held their weapon and held his weapon with the other. So what do God's people do when God calls them to build something? They work hard and they pray hard. Now God has called us to build something for him. It's a new way to do church actually that honors the Lord's instruction to us to emphasize home gatherings, large gatherings, prayer on Sundays so that the whole church can grow. Grow up. Grow up into Him who is the head that is Christ. And from Him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So we're to be a faith community committed together to doing the work that the Lord has given to us, all the while guarding against the enemy and calling on the Lord. Well, we're to be people of the trowel and the sword, if you want to look at it that way. Let's be people of the trowel and the sword. Not afraid to work, vigilant to pray, and all for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I think we're going to pray now.